Hello and welcome to the Men and Lupus podcast, the show that talks about lupus, its friends, and the effects they have on men. My name is Michael and I am your host. Today's episode is about what lupus is. What is lupus is one of the most asked questions I get. So let us get straight into what lupus is and some of the other questions which I get too. Lupus is a chronic incurable autoimmune inflammatory disease. It is called lupus erythematosus, or LE for short. Being an autoimmune disease, it means that your immune system, instead of fighting infections, attacks itself and healthy tissues that are in your body. Lupus causes extreme fatigue, hair loss, loss of weight, weight gain, depression, poor circulation in your fingers and toes, which makes them go pale and is called Raynaud's. Memory problems, headaches, fevers, swelling mainly in your legs, hands, feet and eyes, and pain in those areas. It also creates pain in any part of your body through your joints, which in many cases then develops into arthritis. And you can get pain through your muscles. Your whole body can literally be in pain. Then there is the skin problems, where you get rashes such as the butterfly rash across your nose and cheeks, the depletion of the melanin on your skin making those areas very sensitive and at high risk of burning through things like the sun or even from hot water that depending on temperature would normally be tolerated. The body is at risk from skin cancer anyway but with lupus and the protective melanin being affected you are at a much higher risk. Also there is the internal organ damage that comes with lupus dependent on which type you have. It causes problems with interactions at work, affects social confidence, self-esteem issues, problems at home and with friends. Anyone can get lupus but there is some apparently common groups such as age between 15 to 44, people who have a member of family with lupus or other autoimmune illness, mainly women, Hispanic, Asian and black ethnicities. Although it is not exclusive to those groups of people, now there are four different versions of lupus which are systemic lupus erythematosus or SLE for short. This is classed as the main active and most common form of lupus which as well as attacking the immune system it can also cause the cells to be inflamed and that in turn can affect one or more of the body's tissues which are blood vessels, brain, nerves, muscles, joints, skin, gastrointestinal tract, the linings around the internal organs such as the lungs, kidneys and heart. There is around 70% of people with lupus that have SLE. Inflammation in SLE can happen in the blood vessels of the brain which in turn can cause you to have high fevers, changes in behaviour and seizures. The brain itself can be inflamed as to the nervous system and these will cause issues such as headaches, behavioural changes, confusion and strokes. The skin can become inflamed causing rashes such as the malar rash, which is commonly known as the butterfly rash, ulcers throughout the body and sores. One of the internal organs SLE targets is the kidney, as I mentioned, which can become inflamed and affect the ability to filter waste from your blood. It can cause blood pressure problems and other various issues. In many cases, it deteriorates to the point where a transplant is needed or dialysis. This kidney problem is known as lupus nephritis, which we will cover in detail in a future episode. 
Reversal EV arteries are also a target and can harden, which causes a building up of deposits on the artery wall, which may lead to heart failure or heart attack. This difficulty with the arteries is called coronary artery disease. Discoid lupus erythematosus, or DLE, is like SLE, but it rarely goes after your internal organs and rarely becomes systemic, but rarely does not mean it never does. It will attack the external organ, which is your skin, frequently. And around 5% of people with discoid lupus will have their symptoms progress to systemic lupus. As well as the common ways the autoimmune system attacks itself with lupus erythematosus, the body will usually go through having generalized flares from the disease, which involves the joints, kidneys, and autoantibody production that can in turn develop into SLE. Alopecia seems to be the norm as well, and depression, as both apparently go hand in hand with lupus. Drug-induced lupus erythematosus, or D-I-L-E. This type of lupus can happen when a person is on particular types of medication for their illnesses. The medications that can cause this are phentoin, procainamide, hydralazine, minocycline, isoniazide, and anti-TNF drugs. This type of lupus usually stops once the medication is stopped by your doctor. However, as these particular medications are taken for other long-term illnesses, such as high blood pressure, irregular heart rhythms, and epilepsy, to mention a few, then in some cases, they cannot be stopped, which means the drug-induced lupus will continue. And neonatal lupus erythematosus, or NLE, this is quite rare and only affects infants or females who have lupus themselves. In general terms, it is not classed as real lupus. It stems from the mums and affects the fetus. The symptoms of lupus usually go after six months. How does it affect the immune system? With lupus, the immune system becomes overactive and starts making antibodies against its own cells, and as such is called an autoimmune disease. Another way to describe this process is the reaction of the immune system to self-antigens as if they were non-self or foreign. It is characterized by T-cell activation, clonal expansion and antibody production against tissues. Cells and antigens which result in an autoimmune disease. Antigens are any substance capable under appropriate conditions of inducing a specific immune response and reacting with the products of that response. That is with specific antibody or specifically sensitized T lymphocytes or both. Antigens may be soluble substances such as toxins and foreign proteins or particulates such as bacteria and tissue cells. However, only the portion of the protein or polysaccharide molecule known as the antigenic determinant combines with antibody or a specific receptor on a lymphocyte. Now, lymphocyte is a white blood cell formed in lymphatic tissues throughout the body, such as the lymph nodes, tonsils, spleen, etc. There are two types of lymphocytes, and they react in different ways. T cells are capable of destroying foreign antigens, and B cells produce antibodies. 
So the immune system is there to protect our bodies from infections or foreign invaders like viruses, bacteria, parasites and foreign tissues such as organs from transplants, blood transfusions and what is known as deranged cells like cancerous cells. With lupus your immune system attacks itself and the good tissues internally and externally and by externally I mean your skin. There is currently no cure for lupus. How does it affect us? When the disease is being what is known as active, the immune response can cause inflammation in cells, which can then affect one or many of the body's tissues. Depending on which form of lupus you have, it will target a combination of the following tissue areas, the skin, joints, muscles, blood vessels, blood cells, brain, and nerves. Other organs such as lungs, heart, kidneys, mouth ulcers, gastrointestinal tract and or the linings around internal organs. One of the most common areas lupus affects is the skin, such as lesions, also known as sores, and rashes like the butterfly rash across the nose and cheeks. It is called that because of the similarities in its shape to a butterfly with its wings extended. These are some of the ways lupus can affect the body and with those effects comes the effects. For instance, in my case, lupus affects my skin by removing the melanin. The effect of that is flaky skin in some areas. Parts of that are also painful. And in some areas, there are sores which seep and also very painful to touch. All the areas are also extremely sensitive to sunburn, UV rays and heat, such as standard hot water temperatures like when having a shower. You can even have an effect of lupus, which gives you flu-like illness. Lupus can make you very fatigued to the point where you have trouble functioning on a daily basis because of the physical and mental exhaustion that you feel. With joint pain, they can also be inflamed which makes it difficult to move around or do any tasks which require physical activity. There is also the effect of muscle pain and weakness. It will make any physical activity like walking difficult, but with the weakness added in, you could end up collapsing when you walk, if that weakness is in your legs. If the weakness is in other muscle groups, like your arms, it will be difficult to lift things. If it is in your hands, you could unintentionally drop things. When the internal organs are affected, like with systemic lupus, you will likely end up needing one or more organ transplants. You can develop things like pleurisy, which is where your heart wall is inflamed, kidney disease, inflammation of the brain or even blood clots in your veins, arteries, brain or lungs. Your legs can be inflamed and that could be down to the joints and muscles or it could be an indicator of kidney trouble, which if not spotted early enough, could lead to permanent kidney damage. These are the reasons why it is always important to keep on top of all the effects and symptoms that we go through. And it does not matter if at the time they were mild or severe, it is without doubt best to know what they are and keep track of them. Who can get lupus and is it catching? As for getting lupus, there is no definitive answer yet and more on that in a minute. 
What is a guaranteed certainty is you cannot catch lupus from someone else, either airborne or from contact. It only medically affects the person who has it, but can affect people around us in an emotional way, as it can be upsetting watching someone you care about going through lupus. It is also worth saying, again though, that lupus is not catching. Okay, with that part hopefully cleared up, who can get lupus is quite broad, as literally anyone can. But there are certain groups that are at higher risk than others. At the top of the list is Afro-Caribbean, as the term goes. Then there is Asian, Eastern Hispanic, Latino and Pacific Islanders. Those seem to be the ones most likely to develop lupus. Also, it seems people who have a member of their family who has lupus or another autoimmune disease are at risk of developing lupus. Out of these, 9 in 10 cases are women. And with women, it seems normally to happen at childbearing age. At its highest point, this will be between the ages of 15 to 44, but can also occur at any time in the postmenopausal stage, and children can also develop lupus. What are the causes of lupus? This one is not known for sure and not fully understood. Some experts will say that it runs in families like other autoimmune diseases. Other experts say it may develop in response to certain hormones like estrogen. Some experts say you can get lupus through environmental factors. Others say it is a combination of environmental and genetics. Some say it could be stress or trauma. So there really is no definitive answer to this question. In my case, no one in my family had an autoimmune disease, except my brother who developed vitiligo as an adult through the job he did, which would be environmental. The cause of my lupus is still in question. Is lupus serious? Lupus affects people differently, and what is known is that in some cases lupus itself is mild, and in others it can be life-threatening. The problem with lupus is it is an autoimmune disease. And as such, even though it may have what is classed as mild symptoms in some cases, lupus still actually compromises your immune system regardless. And that compromised immune system puts the person at risk to infections or foreign invaders. So if, for instance, there is a virus out there that targets the immune system, then that could be very detrimental to your health as a lupus sufferer and be extremely life-threatening because your immune system is not strong enough to fight it. So even if you have what is classed as the milder lupus, like discoid lupus, your immune system is still affected and compromised. So you, just like anyone else with an autoimmune disease, is at high risk. Lupus flares, which in some cases is known as mild, still has an impact on your life and general activities and adaptations may be required to your lifestyle to make these moments easier. Even with treatment, some lupus sufferers may only feel minor improvements and the disease will continue its activity as lupus is not curable. The times when there are no flares is when the illness is in remission, a period known as inactive, 
However, let us not forget that even when in remission from lupus, your immune system is still compromised. That part is consistently a problem regardless to lupus being in remission. So it never really is in remission unless your immune system stops attacking itself because the core of lupus is to target that immune system. What are the other symptoms of lupus? As lupus can affect any part of the body, the symptoms will vary in each person. However, these are the general symptoms of lupus. Painful and or stiff joints. Sensitivity to fluorescent light and sunlight. Chest pain when breathing deeply. Raynaud's phenomenon where apart from what is mentioned also causes your fingers and toes to turn white or blue and feel numb when a person is cold, stressed or through poor circulation. Mouth and nasal ulcers, forgetting names, loss of balance, lupus fog, shortness of breath, chest pains, anemia. The following is the uncommon symptoms of lupus. Fainting, epileptic seizure, Lupus headache refers to a very specific headache due to inflammation of the brain, which is different from the other headaches with lupus. How is lupus diagnosed? Lupus can be difficult to diagnose, especially as some of the symptoms are illnesses in their own right, like depression, alopecia and rheumatism. So the first step is to report your symptoms to your doctor. Then a look at your medical history alongside a physical examination, including a urine test, which they will use for a diagnosis. This should be done in conjunction with a laboratory test. A referral should also be made for an early diagnosis and so appropriate treatment can be started on the disease to minimize the potential for organ damage as kidney problems can be serious and result after delayed treatment. There are also blood tests that can be done to help with the diagnosis. If doctors are concerned that the internal organs may be affected, then a skin biopsy and or kidney biopsy will be done. The other tests used to assist in diagnosis is blood pressure check, chest x-ray, ECG, brain scan, echocardiogram, abdominal CT scan and lung functions test. All of these various tests, in their entirety or a combination of, can determine if you have lupus and what type of lupus you have. Other tests that are done are raised double-stranded DNA, DSDNA for short, and for reasons unknown, the presence of antibodies against double-stranded DNA is the hallmark of lupus. The extractable nuclear antigen, also known as ENA test, for antibodies which may be found in lupus variants, like Sejourn's syndrome. What type of patient care is there? There are a number of people that will usually be involved in care of someone who has lupus. Rheumatologists, nephrologists, which is uh, kidney doctors, dermatologists, and your GP, which are the main doctors involved. You may also have a specialist lupus nurse nutritionist, health advisor and others. Can lupus be treated? Yes, lupus can be treated, but there is currently no known cure for lupus. There are two groups of treatment types, which are medication and non-medication. 
The type of medication that is used is based on clinical manifestations and the severity of the symptoms. There will be trials of different medicines to find which are the most effective and with the least side effects for the individual lupus sufferer. For non-organ threatening lupus, such as joints and skin, it will be based on symptom control. On organ threatening lupus, like your lungs or kidneys, organ preservation is the target for treatment. So let's take a look at medications first. Anti-inflammatory are used for people who have painful symptoms and a mild form of the disease, such as pain in the muscles, joints, headaches, pleurisy, as well as other symptoms. Hydroxychloroquine. It is a useful first-line treatment in mild to moderate disease and can often control joint symptoms, pleurisy and skin involvement. Hydrochloroquine was originally developed for the treatment of malaria but has been found to also help those who have lupus. Used long-term but comes with side effects. Steroids are sometimes used for non-organ threatening symptoms such as pleurisy or arthritis but usually used for such as kidney issues and nervous symptom problems. There are a number of side effects with using steroids as with the other medicinal treatments so are normally for short-term use but have been used long-term in many lupus patients. Immunosuppressive drugs are used for moderate to severe lupus that either is not responding to the first-line treatments or need long-term use of very high doses of steroids. Regular and careful monitoring is required in case of side effects. Biological agents, of which there is two specific drugs used for lupus and they are belimumab and rituximab. Both work in different ways. Belimumab is a monoclonal antibody that inhibits the B lymphocyte stimulator or BLYS for short, stimulates antibody production. Rituximab targets and depletes cells which play a role in autoantibody production. So now we will have a look at the other group of treatment which is non-medication measures which are as follows. 1. Minimizing stress. Look at ways to modify your lifestyle to make lupus more manageable. Do regular gentle exercise as it helps improve stress levels and fatigue. Work on having good dialogue and support from your medical team, employers, family and friends which all helps to try and keep lupus under control. 2. Place your daily activities ensuring that you have rest periods, adequate sleep and regular meal breaks. Flexibility is important as you may need to modify these steps during lupus flares. 3. Avoid certain triggers by minimizing your exposure to the sun, especially between the times of 10am to 4pm as UV rays are usually at their highest during those times. Avoid excessive heat and treat any infections as soon as possible. Avoid live vaccines when lupus is active and in general it is best to use non-live vaccines as they are known as being safe and effective for lupus patients. 4. 
Get to know your symptoms and the early signs as this may be an indication of a flare and report them quickly to your physicians which will enable early treatment. 5. Get help from clinics that specialise in the management of lupus as this will enable you to have personalised treatment. 6. If you are a smoker, stop as it is not only better for your health, it also reduces the effects of one of the medications used to treat lupus. Thank you for listening to the Men and Lupus podcast. Please subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. Also, please leave a rating and a review because that will help with podcast positioning. If you use the Podbean app, which is available on iOS and Android, you will also be able to listen and comment in real time to my live episodes. May your hearts be filled with love, happiness, faith and peace. God bless you all. Now the disclaimer. The content in the podcast and on the webpage is not intended to constitute or be a substitute for professional medical advice of your doctor or qualified healthcare provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Never delay in seeking professional medical advice. Are you still with me? That's good. Now it's time for the outtakes. And then we're done for the day. Lupus is a chronic, incurable autoimmune. Autoimmune? Wow. Try that one again. With SLE, VR. VR. Hmm. Until next time, that's all for now.